You're listening to Level Up with Melissa Zalouf from Iron Source. So welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Level Up, the podcast for people who love making, growing, and of course, playing mobile games. In this week's episode, we'll be taking a look at ASO, or App Store Optimization, and talking with Lexi Sido, who's a Senior Marketing Insights Manager at App Annie. And Lexi, thank you very much for being with us on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So it seems you, um, you've been in the, the kind of the data and insights world for a while, um, done it at a, at a few different places and with a few different hats on. How did you sort of eventually make the jump into kind of uh, data within the mobile world and, and mobile marketing? Yeah, I've been in data probably about nine years, roughly. Um, I started as a research assistant while at university um, and then worked for the Environmental Protection Agency, uh, actually working on seagrass colonization data <laughs> and the corresponding legislation. So a little bit different. <laughs> Big jump. Yeah, yeah, definitely a big change. Um, I think I had sort of moved into uh, more as a quantitative analyst at a fintech company after that. Um, And so I think that's where things sort of started to make the jump. But I think the biggest thing was um, I liked the fast paced nature of tech. I really liked data. And I like the widespread impact of the kind of the public sector. Um, so when I worked at my next role in, in more of a um, kind of marketing SaaS company and then consulting with a digital agency, that was sort of where I um, kind of saw the real kind of power and, and the growth and potential of mobile, as well as that kind of large scale societal impact. And, and what exactly do you do at that, Annie? What does the day to day look like? <laughs> yeah, um, it's actually very fun. Um, I'm on the Market Insights team, as you mentioned. Uh, I've been on this team for about four years. Um, and basically, our team is sort of the main team leveraging kind of the data that we have. Um, so that could be dissecting the latest mobile game launch um, to forecasting retail's performance on mobile during Black Friday. Um, it kind of it runs across a lot of different areas. And one of our biggest things that we do work on is the our state of mobile report. Um, and that's kind of a big culmination of efforts and kind of the best sort of uh, representation of what we do, which is analyzing our own data, kind of layering in third-party data, um, and then putting out some insights to the, to the market and sort of actionable steps on what to do with that information. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, I'm not a data person. Frankly, spreadsheets sometimes scare me. Um, <laughs> How do you, does it sort of start with the data or does it start with the insight? Sort of, are you saying to yourself, okay, I want to see how people are doing like X, Y, and Z in a specific geo or for a specific like app genre, or is it, um, I'm going to look at the data and then sort of see if I'm noticing any trends and from there kind of deduce an insight? I think it's both, <laughs> um, but it, it sort of depends on on what the impetus is for for looking into the information. So um, I, I feel like every analyst has that kind of uh, that drive where you just want to play with it and see what you find. Um, and those can be the most fascinating things. You have a hunch usually. Um, you know, I want to see uh, what's going on in retail or uh, with with games recently. And I, I've seen so many hyper casual games. Like I'm thinking that they're the biggest ones or. Um, I'm curious about their footprint across the world, something like that. And then you kind of dive in and you have that um, that kind of fun playing around with it. Uh, but then the other side of the coin is sort of uh, more, okay, you know, we have a reporter asking a specific question about a specific app or, or you know, genre of apps. Uh, and they want us to dive in and kind of see what the data says and then um, 
we provide that um, and we provide those insights and uh, kind of work from there. So it's sort of both. And I think that's also where you find you're analyzing things and learning things that you might not have ever have thought to, right? Yeah. So um, let's uh, start talking about ASO as promised. So for um, any of our listeners who, who sort of don't know, um, can you sort of give us a high level overview of, of what, what it is? Absolutely. So ASO stands for App Store Optimization. Um, and it's that kind of process of helping um, your app get discovered and then downloaded by users in the app stores. It's sort of the it's the organic side of user acquisition. So you've got that paid UA, um, which is ads, and then you've got organic, which is the free stuff. Um, and it's typically is best known for being comprised of leveraging, strategically leveraging keywords so that you rank highly for them. Um, and on this vein of thought, you know, we sort of often described ASO as being similar to SEO in a way. Um, and, but yes, it, but the thing with ASO is it's, it's a lot more than keywords. Um, there are a lot more elements at play to help kind of ultimately get your app noticed and then downloaded. I'm sure. So um, you you talked about organic um, and paid, and I sort of I have a slightly provocative question to ask. It's UA today, and and getting discovered is super super competitive, and and most of the time, um, the, you kind of you want to have as much money to play with as possible to kind of just to be able to compete um, in in kind of the UA stakes. How much impact in an environment like that can ASO really have? Um, can you can you basically can you afford to get away without it? That is a great question. Um, and I think that any really strong marketing strategy is going to have to be comprised of ASO, organic, and then paid. I don't think you can get away with uh, without both, um, to be honest. I think that they're both really important. Um, and Apple actually reports that 70% of app store visitors used search to find apps and that 65% of downloads occur directly after a search. Um, so that gives you a little bit of the scale for search and ASO and why organic's really important. Um, and there's currently about 5 million apps live across iOS and Google Play. Um, so it is competitive. Uh, and that's why, you know, ASO needs to be be prioritized. Um, but it ultimately is a part of a larger strategy. Um, and I can't underscore enough, you know, you need paid UA and you need organic um, and paid, you know, that gives you that opportunity to advertise, you know, on a braided keyword that's part of sort of that's where it touches on the ASO side, um, as well as even paid that's not just in-app advertising, but, you know, more traditional marketing, um, like billboards or promotions or television ads. Um, we've seen with gaming, um, you know, television ads and commercials have been uh, for really big launches have been have been pretty important. Uh, we saw that with, you know, historically, and then this year, Perfect World was a big launch that came out of China. Um, and they got a massive celebrity endorsement and put a lot of funds into developing like a commercial and a global paid strategy. Um, so both are very important, though. I think the numbers that Apple reports about how many downloads occur from searches, that's that's really important to know. Um, to help inform where you're budgeting your uh, both your money, but your time as well. Mm -hmm. And you've, you've said sort of ASO is a lot more than keywords. Um, what are the other sort of important components that, that make it up? Um, so to kind of step back within ASO, we sort of, we have it kind of comprised in two buckets. So you've got discoverability um, and that's the process of getting that traffic to your app store page. Um, and then there's the second part, which is conversion. And that's getting that traffic to convert to a download. 
Um, and so, and then beyond that, there's other metrics that are downstream that are really important to kind of assessing the value of a download. Um, but to look predominantly at ASO, when we look at the first part, which is discoverability, um, that's that's really where keywords primarily shine. Um, they're largely the way you kind of garner that traffic and get the discovery in the app store. Um, and for instance, you know, you could have branded keywords like Nike, right? And someone searching directly for Nike. Or there's generic keywords like sneakers, where there's apps like Goat that offer um, like sneaker uh, apps that are actually quite popular among Gen Z as well. Um, and, and when you look at these keywords um, to get that traffic, to get people coming to your app, you kind of, we look at two main metrics. Um, so there's search traffic. So if you can estimate um, the, the amount of how many people are essentially searching for that term. So you, you want a higher search traffic uh, metric. And then there's this other metric. Um, and this is sort of how we codify it. And um, it's in kind of App Annie's uh, product, but effectively difficulty to rank is the second. So that's like how hard it is to rank amongst other competitors who are also vying to rank. So a keyword like shopping is probably quite competitive. Um, so maybe it does garner a lot of search traffic, but then the difficulty to rank is high. So you need to be able to balance those um, and make sure that you're if you're trying to optimize on a keyword, you ultimately want to find one that has a high search volume and a lower difficulty to rank. Um, so that's sort of, that's where the keywords really come into play is that kind of, this is all of the discoverability standpoint. But then once you get that traffic to the App Store page, this is where there are so, the other assets kind of step in. So this is that conversion piece. Uh, we were talking about converting that traffic to downloads. Um, and so that's where, you know, your app description, your ratings, your reviews, screenshots, logo, and your video. Um, that's where those assets really shine. And they come together to sort of inform that user, that traffic you've already garnered from your keywords, um, inform them on your app, and then ultimately help them decide whether or not to download. So it's an incredibly important part of ASO as well, because getting people to your app store page is just kind of half the battle. Um, and then it's converting those people. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about kind of um, the types of users who would eventually land sort of the first half of the battle, um, the ty different types of users who land on an app store page. You at Afani, you've made a distinction between two types, decisive users um, and explorers. Can you sort of define um, each of these group groups for us um, and then sort of let's dive in maybe to how they vary across um, genres, um, specifically, obviously, in games, because because that's our audience. But it, it would be interesting to look across the board. Um, so we actually we turned to some of our friends at StoreMaven um, to help with this particular uh, definition of users. Uh, they do creative testing across app stores um, for ASO. Um, and so decisive users are defined as those that will view only the, mo the most kind of visible elements um, when you land on an app store page. So that's sort of your icon, your first two screenshots, and then they make an action based on their first impression. Um, and they've bucketed this as instant install or instant drop. Uh, and actually, according to StoreMaven, 65% of users don't swipe past those first two images. So that's a good indication. Like these are decisive users. They're coming and they're deciding yes or no. Explorers are those who will interact with your assets before deciding to download. So that would be explore and install, or they could leave the page, which would be explore and drop. Um, explorers are people who will watch the videos. They'll scroll through your screenshot gallery. They might interact with the description or, or the reviews. Um, 
indicating that they're reading those. And they sort of, they're known to make a more informed decision um, than say decisive users who may, may or may not, but may have a false impression of your app, uh, which could lead to disappointment and uninstalls down the line. So for that reason, um, explore and install that type of user is uh, higher quality than say an instant install because they've taken the time to get to know what your app does or your game. Um, and they have a kind of higher, longer term potential to be a strong user um, and are less likely to bounce after that download initially. So, um, so you've talked about half the battle, uh, meaning sort of getting someone to the page and then kind of forgetting that there's a, a page that needs to be optimized um, can sort of end up negating the value of, of kind of your ASO impact. Um, and, and at IronSource, obviously, we're looking at ASO a lot from the perspective of UA. Um, not just discovery. So how often do you sort of see um, or how often do you think developers are who are running paid campaigns don't take uh, account of of where kind of ASO sits in the funnel for them? They aren't looking at the App Store page. Um, they're just, you know, focusing all of their efforts on creative optimization and targeting and, and sort of bidding. Um, and then someone gets the page and, and they're dropping off and, and it's because they haven't invested in sort of closing the deal, if you will. I think that this um, is one of those cases where it can happen when um, things are siloed a little bit. So at a company, you might have UA managers and you might have your ASO manager and how much they communicate might depend on the company. Um, but ultimately, what the ASO manager or the person looking at the App Store pages is doing, it, it's affecting the, the success of the, the paid UA. Um, so, you know, like we alluded to before, convert th that conversion side um, is really important and it's not limited to organic traffic. Um, all your paid traffic is funneling through the App Store page as well. So you kind of need to orchestrate across um, all your strategies. So for, say, an organic strategy, maybe um, you're optimizing for the keyword, say, video streaming. Um, and when someone searches that term on the App Store, they click on your page. Do your assets support that keyword that you're trying to optimize for? Do you call out video streaming in your screenshots? Do you call it out in your app description? Um, are you kind of highlighting key features that relate to video streaming, like potentially viewing offline or... Um, other types, you know, removing ads in some capacity. Um, basically, do you explain what a user can expect when wanting to stream video content? Um, and so that's that's one part of the balancing act. You need to make sure that if those are the keywords you're optimizing for, um, that that is coming through when they get to your page. You want that continuity. Um, and simultaneously, you need to think about how paid users are getting to your app store page. You know, what what messages are you leveraging in paid ads? Um, are you highlighting, like, again, are you highlighting the ability to stream videos and access offline mode so people can watch on their commute? Um, if you are in your ads and that's the main reason you're getting people to click through that ad and get to the App Store page, uh, do these calls to action and value props resonate with, with what is in the screenshots? Um, you know, if within your app description, um, with other assets on the page. Um, are these the representation of what you've put in your um, your paid ads? So for games, for instance, you know, if you want to call out a puzzle game or a brain teaser of some kind, making sure that the language is resonating from the ads to the App Store page. So if you're doing um, some sort of a puzzle game, you want to make sure that it's very clear by what the screenshots look like, that when a user gets there, it looks like it's a puzzle game. Um, 
this is a little bit more complex now where there, we have games that are sort of kind of hybrids of multiple types. Um, and so it can be more complicated um, in the sense that you've got games like Coin Master that kind of run the gamut across a couple of, you know, there's building involved, there's casino involved, um, there's strategy. So it kind of, that could be a little bit more difficult in a way, but the important thing is that for the end user, what they're seeing in your marketing messages, your paid ads, um, is also resonating on your app store page. Because um, if you're driving, you know, if you're driving ads, for instance, based on offline viewing uh, for video, that video streaming example, and then they get to the page and there's nothing that talks about that. Um, and that was a clear, by clicking through that ad, it was the clear indication that that was of interest, then maybe that user drops because they're not seeing that this is something that is um, consistent. It's a lot for a page to kind of uh, hold or do, <laughs> uh, especially when you know the, the screen, the real estate is small, your options are, are relatively limited. Um, what are some of the kind of best practices there um, when it comes to the icon, the name, uh, description, screenshots, video, all the elements you've mentioned? Um, so we can kind of take them one by one. So for the icon, uh, the biggest thing is it needs to be simple, uh, recognizable. Um, I mean, it's, you basically have 124 pixels, so you want to make sure it's eye catching, but it's also not too distracting and difficult to, to kind of get what it is. Um, also that scalable factor, so you need to make sure cause it's going to be used across multiple assets. So while it's small on the app store, it might not be small on some of your marketing materials. Um, and then AB testing. So that's best practice is definitely to AB test those icons, um, make sure people, uh, understand and can recognize. And it's, it's, um, you know, some of the, some hyper casual games like Aqua Park IO, for instance, um, it, it's a very clear indication of what you're kind of getting, but it's a simple icon. Um, and that's, that's really key. As far as, um, so the other sort of element you have to play with is the name of your app. Uh, that's actually a really good place for you to put keywords, uh, and high priority keywords. Um, so that's really important. If you were launching a brand new battle royale game, it's possible you might want to have in, in your your title of your game. If you're not from a huge publisher, or um, if you if you're not sure that you'd have immediate brand recognition, um, is leveraging battle royale. You know the name of your game dash battle royale that might help you um, garner a bit of the traffic off of those keywords. I've seen a lot of missed opportunities where um, people may not be leveraging um, things like seasonality or industry events or trends um, in ways they could. Uh, but for instance, we've seen some really good um, indications of seasonality um, with some games where they've reskinned the game essentially to have uh, sort of the thematic you know, characters like at Christmas or Halloween. Um, Subway Surfers is a really good example of that. Um, and so how you use that, whether you want to use it in your apps or your game's name, um, it would maybe depend on the size of the app itself. I mean, if you're a very large game and you have brand recognition, maybe you don't need to have the keyword, you know, like winter wonderland or Christmas or anything like that. But if you're a smaller game and you're looking to gain, gain some traction, maybe having some holiday keywords um, in the actual title of your game will help you garner some of that traction at that time of year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to jump to talking about ratings, which are also kind of a, a big, um, a big component 
in in your kind of ASO strategy. Um, what can developers do to make sure ratings are, I mean, obviously, apart from creating a great user experience, <laughs> what can they sort of do to make sure ratings are high um, and, and to encourage positive reviews? Um, so there's, I would say there's about two things that I'd suggest right off the bat. Um, so one is that reacting to reviews is key. Um, we've seen indications where uh, games so popular that there's issues with people being able to get on at the same time. Um, and basically, it's important to be swift and to take that user feedback really seriously um, to kind of help change that public opinion after you've updated the app and fixed those performance issues. So I think reacting is really is, is key um, and making sure you're prioritizing what users are saying. Um, and then the second sort of part of that is a bit more proactive. So, um, you know, there's great, having a great moment in your app can help spark positive reviews. So times when someone's feeling happy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so in a game, you know, it might make sense to prompt users after they complete like a really difficult level or they unlock a new power of some kind or they build something Um it's that kind of capitalizing that positive um, experience and saying like, hey, um, you know, this is a good time to kind of prompt. Um, and sort of on the flip side of that, you can you can do sort of to manage preemptively the negative reviews as well as to, to kind of increase the public facing positive reviews. You can use um, intelligent rating prompts. So what they do is they enable you to ask a user um, after they've done something satisfying, like get to the next level. So you can ask them at that time, are you enjoying the app? Um, and if their user responds yes, then they're sent to leave a review on the App Store page. Um, but if they respond no, you can send, um, kind of funnel that to a separate internal form for submitting user feedback. So, okay, you didn't have a good time, bring it here so we can like hear what the problem is um, and kind of take care of those issues upstream to kind of limit the impact of um, sort of future negative App Store reviews before they happen. Mm-hmm. And, and what about testing? Um, so th- how, uh, what are some of the kind of important or critical optimization tests which marketers can run? Um, how, how, how can you test your ASO assets? Um, kind of what, are, what are the tools that are out there to help you do that? Um, so there's definitely a lot of tools that you can leverage. Um, we at Appiani, um have leaned on our partners at StoreMaven um, as far as a lot of testing goes. Um, but basically... So you can kind of leverage multiple areas, and I'll touch on a couple right now. So um, looking at your icon, that's a big area you can test. Um, that's a good icon is crucial for conversion rate. Um, it's the one element, like I mentioned, that kind of stays relevant after a user downloads. They're not necessarily going to go look through your screenshots again, but they'll see your icon on their phone for sure. Um, so StoreMaven actually has found that testing icons can increase conversions those app store conversions for so the traffic to download um, on Google Play by up to 11%. And on iOS, that's even higher at about 18% due to kind of uh, the, the icon having a, a larger kind of more prominent uh, view on the app store page design. So um, that's a really important area that we'd recommend testing is just looking through A-B testing, how icons perform among a target audience. Um, and you can do that, you know, there are tools, Google experiments allows you to kind of set up and collect those results. And then you can kind of use a third party tool for iOS. Um, another area that we'd say is very important to test is video. So on Google play, uh, the poster frame, if you have a video is extremely important. So, um, only about six to 10% of users will click to watch the full video. So that poster frame that renders before it's played is very important because hundred percent of people will be exposed to that poster frame. Um, 
you know, keeping videos short um, and putting your strongest messages up front is important uh, because video, when they're done well, can impact conversions by 24%. Um, and then looking at video on iOS, um, when you add a video on iOS, it sort of takes the place of the first image on the App Store page. Um, and that's quite large real estate when you're looking at your phone. Um, so that fundamentally impacts the way users engage with your page. So you want to make sure that you're doing, um, you're designing that first kind of frozen frame, that poster image um, with this in mind uh, and testing those poster frames and videos uh, that, that can increase your conversion rates by 40% on iOS. So that can be very big. And so the video actually, like we mentioned, is sort of part of the screenshots. And that's another area I'd recommend testing to optimize. So um, as we mentioned, you know, it's quite large real estate across both app stores and, um, on iOS, on average, about 31% of users scroll through that gallery, uh, but only eight see the full gallery. So the first two images are by far the most important and can really um, have the ability to improve your conversion rate by 18%. Uh, and on Google Play, it's it's more, um, you know, there's, I think you can see about two and a half, three screenshots. Um, and so Basically, we've seen that you know thirty-seven percent of users who scrolled through the gallery um, installed the app on Google Play, and that was up forty percent from the previous Google Play Store design, where the screenshots were actually below the fold. Um, so that's another illustration of how important kind of that visual content is. And within that, I'd recommend testing um, not just the visuals but the words that you're using. So um, it's pretty common for apps to kind of have a couple of a very short phrase at the top of their images describing that kind of key value prop. So for games, it might be the key elements of, of, of gameplay. So assemble your team, you know, take down the enemy, um, build your fort battle, that you know, sort of thing. But those are important as well. And testing those phrases um, within the images themselves can be very helpful. Mm. And how often should um, sort of what's best practice for frequency of testing? How long do you need to leave a change uh, running before you can sort of know whether or not um, the impact, well, before you can measure whether or not it's having an impact, let alone whether the impact's good or bad? Yeah. So I, the long and the short of it is it's, it's, there is no real set and forget strategy with ASO. It is constantly evolving and it's ongoing and you should be continually testing new designs to optimize. For actually across across probably every industry on the App Store, we see a, a really strong surge in downloads just after Christmas, usually, where people get new devices um, or new phones and they, uh, you know, download a bunch of apps right after, or new apps um, after they've loaded their profile. Um, and that's a key time. Um, so I think when you're looking at something like that, I would say you'd want to have a shorter window. You want to make sure that you're um, optimized for that time and then watching in real time and monitoring what competitors are doing, um, you know, changes in that competitive landscape um, and making sure that you're well and truly in the best position and making changes quickly if you see there's other ways. Uh -huh. And as a kind of last question, um, want to jump slightly more, I guess, um, industry-wide or, or high level. Um, there are a lot, there are already kind of a lot of third-party uh, app stores in, in APAC, obviously. Um, but, but now we're sort of seeing um, alternative or additional stores um, emerging, certainly within gaming. Um, 
in in other markets as well. How do you think this is going to sort of have an impact on ASO? Do you think that um, developers are going to end up needing to sort of run ASO strategies from multiple different stores? Yes, this is a really good question. So from what we've seen right now, as far as third-party stores go, outside of your kind of Apple and Google, um, China is the biggest market. So that's the biggest implication right now. So um, it's highly fragmented. Um, and so it's a, it's good, it's difficult to break into or to have a win to, window into it all. Um, so what I would say with respect to that, and that's due to the absence of Google Play in China. So this sort of void was filled by a lot of um, very highly fragmented app stores um, that, yeah, third party in China. Th- those may do have a meaningful contribution to overall global downloads and global time spent, especially due to the size of, um, of China and the device base there. Um, it's it can be a very important thing, but the the thing I would caveat that with is um, China is a difficult market to break into if you are not a Chinese homegrown app. Um, typically, the top apps by downloads and spend and the games, especially as well, um, they're typically homegrown, and um, that's really important to know. So if you're a publisher um, of a game and you're looking to try to break into the Chinese market and you're weighing up, do I optimize on multiple? Android stores in China, um, I think realistically, you'd need to make sure that you feel you could be competitive with the homegrown apps that are there. Um, And that usually means working with some sort of a local partner to make sure that you are um, sort of in line with preferences. Um, And then another side of that is, you know, you'd want to make sure it's clear. um, Oftentimes, these third party stores, these third party Android stores in China, they take a bigger cut of your revenue than say Apple and Google. So Apple and Google is about 30% and it's higher, much higher for a lot of these other third-party stores. So that could impact your decision on whether to invest in some of them. Um, and then if you are going to invest, if you've done the math, it all checks out, I would you'd want to target the biggest ones first. That being said, um, we've seen, you know, some of the largest brands can succeed, um, you know, maybe by doing that, but it, it is it is quite, quite tricky so much. Uh, this has been really, really interesting. A lot of um, good takeaways here. Uh, and I know Afani also have um, a dedicated ASO uh, ebook. So if anyone wants to sort of learn more, um, head on over there because you'll be able to download a textual version uh, with probably more information than we covered uh, in this episode um, for anyone who's looking for more on uh, ASO. Mm-hmm.